if you're from the EA profession, you think there's no way I can make it work as a VA is to just shift your thinking and when you need to be available and help shift the client's thinking in that too. Hey everyone, I'm Emily Reagan, and you've discovered Unicorns Unite. This is a podcast for freelancers, service providers, virtual assistants, and curious listeners who would like to experience the freedom and flexibility of working virtually. We're the magic makers, movers and shakers, and the real people doing the work behind the scenes of online businesses. Welcome to Unicorns Unite. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Emily Reagan, a fellow freelancer. I've been in this space for over 12 years, and I love helping my friends get started, meet other freelancers, and learn from their stories. Today, I think I have my very first executive virtual assistant here on the show. It's Kiri Mohan. She is amazing. She is sharing the inside of her business, how she does her packaging. You are going to learn how to take those admin skills into the online space from another fellow OG virtual assistant. Carrie went live in our Facebook group just a few months ago, has since had a baby, launched a new business. I'm just excited for you to meet her and learn from her and network with her. It's all about networking, right? People got to know who you are, and that includes your peers. So I encourage you to connect with her over on Instagram. Check out her new service she mentions. I think it's going to be really cool. And you can find everything you need in the show notes. All right, let's jump into the interview. Hey, everyone. Welcome to today's show. I have Kiri Mohan here to talk about her journey to working online. She was an executive assistant and transitioned into the virtual space as a virtual assistant. And I just love sharing these type of stories. I think it's so motivational and you can learn so much from someone who has done it before you. And Kiri's our woman. She has a very successful business right now and has been in this space for quite a few years. So let's dive in. Tell everybody where you live, what your family looks like, and what's going on. All right. Hello, everyone. We live currently in Massachusetts, and that's actually where I've grown up my whole entire life. I even went to college in Massachusetts about two hours away. So I haven't really done much outside of Massachusetts. Um, I have one daughter. I'm currently eight months pregnant, and I'm going to be giving birth very soon <laughs> to a son. So that is our current family situation right now. Congratulations. I didn't realize you're having a boy. It's fun to hear that yeah. first. Oh, exciting. You look so good. Like, I know you shared a little bit of, of it on Instagram, but it's exciting to see moms like kicking butt in this space because you can keep working after you have child number two. Maybe we can talk about some tips like how you're going to handle maternity leave because I went through that with several yep. children and several clients. So that will be exciting. But can you tell everyone what you were doing in the real world in person before you discovered this online world? Yeah, sure. So my story is a little interesting. I actually went to college for meteorology, which is heavy in like physics and math and calculus. And then I realized, so I had these tapes that I had from internships. So if you really want to, you could probably find them online. And it's just me doing the weather and I would send them out to TV stations and I started getting some offers and they were just, it's such low pay starting out, like really low pay. And at that point I had an EA job that I was like, you know what, I'll just stick in here until I find my weather job and then I'll be leaving. And the EA role was making way more than these like 60 hour a week roles where you're doing the weather in some market where like essentially you're practicing because you don't have any like skill set really yet on being live TV. I just talked to my husband and I said, I don't think I want to do this. Like it's all fun in college and like doing the internships, but like actually uprooting my entire life, going to the middle of nowhere. I was like West Virginia or Texas or like nothing against us, but they were accepting me in low, low, low population areas. So I could mess up on TV basically. And he was like, I'll support you, whatever you want to do. So I decided not to pursue that. And I continued being an EA and I was like, well, what, what do I want to do then? Right. And I had like a little crisis because I was like, well, I like planning. I like organizing. And I was like, I'm actually really good at this role. But the thing was, I was getting bored a lot. And so then I said, okay, well, you know, I can do this from home. Like all my executives travel. I think I was supporting four or five at that company. They said, they all travel so much. Why am I even here? And so I started looking up like work from home EA roles. And there weren't many out there, but I stumbled upon virtual assisting. And I was like, this is perfect. Oh my God, this is for me. I love it so much. And then I saw that you had to like get your own clients. You weren't paid the same every month or week or whatever you get paid. And I was like, I can't do this. Oh my God, no, <laughs> not for me. 
So I kind of put it out of my mind. And then I got another role to a CEO, supporting a CEO. So I moved on from the company I was at. And then I got bored again about like four months in this time because it was a change of people. But once you got the hang of what you're doing, it was the same thing. So then I kept thinking about this virtual assisting career. And I was like, you know, I'll just try it. What's the worst that can happen, right? Like I just started throwing stuff at the wall, seeing what would work, set up my business. And I was able to, so let's see, I started my business officially April, 2014. I didn't start marketing it until August. And then I was able to quit the role I was in by June or July the next year. Oh, okay. So less than a year and like very few months marketing, even though it felt like a long time as marketing. And to be clear, I was making less when I quit my full-time role. It was a jump. It was a risk. I was making about like 25000 less when I went full-time with my VA business. But now I have more time to actually take those calls, to market myself to more clients, to accept more clients, which I couldn't when I was in my full-time role. So that's basically the story of how I found out about virtual assistants and virtual assisting and how I made the leap. Yeah, I think that leap when you have a full-time job is the hardest. And I get students in that position because they only have so much capacity. And so at some point you do that leap of faith you're talking about where you do take on less, like you're not a hundred percent like booked out and maxed out and then you get there. So you're saying it took you, how long did it take to make up that difference of money? Oh, like three months. Okay. Not long at all. Yeah. It was like three months. Like I want to say it was lucky, but it can't be lucky. It was just like all the marketing that I was doing just was paying off and it was just kind of snowballing at that point. I wasn't getting word of mouth referrals yet. So it was just all my marketing that I was doing Okay, and people just found me. We'll talk about that in a second because I know you had struggled with that and had to figure a lot of that out on your own. But I want to go back to your meteorology degree because I think so many women are in this free group and listening to this podcast who did journalism. And you know, I did it too. And, you know, wanted to do the news thing. And we get hit with the reality of what that work looks like, the work-life balance, the pay. And like, kudos to you for seeing that. Because yeah, you would have had to go work in the middle of nowhere, Texas, like covering tornadoes, which would have been great experience, but like you would have had to have worked like years and years to get to that. Yeah. I mean, to get to like a market like New York City, Boston, LA, not that LA has crazy weather, but LA has a lot of viewers. Yes. So like Chicago, something like that. I mean, it's so competitive, so competitive and it takes years. And I would have probably had to have gotten a master's at a minimum. Plus there's like this certification test you have to take. And I was like, is it, I mean, I don't want to say it's a dying industry because they've kind of evolved, but I was also at that point where I was like, I mean, apps are coming out. I'm looking at whether online, I'm not watching it on TV anymore. (laughs) So I was like, I I just don't think this is a good long-term choice. Yeah. And I told you, I worked TV news and every time we had bad weather, I would have to come in, which seemed crazy to me because I did live in Oklahoma at the time and I'm, you know, not even the weather person, but I was like, this isn't what I want to do. I don't want to (laughs) drive 45 minutes in the worst weather possible to get to work when everyone else is hunkering at home. And right. Cause they would have the field reporters who were out there with no knowledge of weather being like, it's raining. It's like hailing. And then the weather person's actually inside being like, yep. And now we're going to watch the storm track. Yeah. Doing like their live from like the backyard of the building. Right. Like, just so they have like a, a nice outside <laughs> look. But, and then it's interesting because in this VA space, because obviously like you're a go-getter and you have like the work ethic. It's not that you were lazy or anything. It's like you saw the writing on the wall. And now that you're a mother, like, oh my God, thank God you did that. Can you imagine? Can you imagine doing that kind of role and like what kind of like life balance that would look like? There's no real life balance. I mean, some of the positions I was being offered were actually field reporter positions too, plus weekend meteorology. Right. So I was like, okay, so I'd be spending four to five days doing the field reporting and only two days doing the weather. That's not what I want to do. Yeah. It's good. Like there's a time and a season in our life. And then we kind of wake up and realize that. And so over here in the virtual assistant side, you're talking about like paying yourself back that difference in three months. You're talking about like booking out in eight or nine months. Like, oh my gosh, like talk about like fast track. That's amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think 
you know what? I was getting up early and I was doing, I didn't have kids then, kid. Yeah. Um, so I was like working at like 5, 45, 6. I would spend like all that time before I put on my makeup and before I went to work scheduling posts on Twitter. The Instagram wasn't around then. Actually, I know it was, but it was really new. There wasn't like business yeah. um, accounts or anything, but like I would schedule like Facebook stuff, LinkedIn stuff, Twitter stuff. And those would just go throughout the day. And then I'd look at the, my phone and answer if anyone replied. Okay. And then when I came home at night, I would try to just reach out to people. I would just do cold reach outs and see if they needed a VA. Okay. And then sometimes I would also, if people were hiring for an EA, I would just send in like, it wasn't like a resume, but it was like almost like a portfolio being like, have you considered a virtual assistant? Here's something I could do. That never worked, but I've heard it works for other people. But so like my evenings were devoted to like trying to get clients and my mornings were devoted to marketing, social media marketing. Okay. So tell me what other tasks you did just to give people an idea of the type of work. I was one of those that did anything and everything in the beginning. I did not niche down for a long time. I had the EA skills, but um, marketing myself as an EAVA was hard because I was working full time. Yeah. So I did get a couple clients that were EAVAs. I made sure I set up my contract so that I wouldn't have to be like on the ball available all the time, like email on my phone. Like I would have a stipulation in my contract that was, I would respond to things within 24 business hours. Okay. And so when I started getting more clients, that morning marketing time decreased and I would schedule emails. So back then, like Gmail didn't even have a scheduling feature. You had to like install a plugin and I would schedule these emails to go out during the day. So it looked like I was working like real time, but I was actually at my full-time job and no one ever caught on, which was great. So I had very few EA VA clients. I was doing a lot of project research. I had one client where like she always wanted research done. So I would create these like 60 page Word documents on some company or something that she needed to know about. I had a client who had three businesses. She needed like social media scheduling. She needed um, customer service. Like if people were like, my credit card is not working or I want to cancel my membership to this membership site, that kind of stuff that can be done at any kind of time of day. Um, I had another woman who I would like format her newsletters. And so it was like a lot of like clients that had marketing stuff that they needed. That's what I would do. But you know what? I just, anything I thought I could do, I would apply for or like reach out to them if they were looking for a VA because I was like, I need to see if I can do this. Yeah. And so I actually think for about three years, I was kind of, no, I wasn't miserable. That's definitely not true. I was just not in my zone of genius for sure. And I was accepting clients who weren't paying what I thought I should be paying because I wanted to make sure this worked. So, I mean, that's one method, right? Like you just go and you take any client on and you just are able to make money and then you quit and then you over the years niche down and figure out how to get to that ideal place for yourself. And I know it's not recommended, but I think that's why I was able to get out of my full-time job so fast because I took anything and everything on. That's kind of what I teach just to be honest, because I feel like I see so many people who spent, it depends what level of experience you're coming to the table, but I feel like that's the quickest way to dive into the work and get that experience. Like if you are unsure, say yes to as much as possible and figure that out. And like you gained your clarity over the year. So what did you learn that you loved and what did you not love? Well, I didn't really like marketing and doing anything with social media marketing. But you know, what's funny is like you're saying like what skill sets do you bring to the table? I had no knowledge of how to do newsletters, no knowledge of social media other than scrolling and looking at people's stuff. I was just like, was like, okay, this is what you want. Sure. I can do that. And then I would spend hours researching it. I would basically bluff, like fake it till you make it was what I was doing. Um, So that was like three years of the social media stuff. Okay. And I didn't really like it because it was hard to find clients that I thought could pay me what I wanted. Not really what I was worth, but what I was wanting. I think I was getting better and better at it and I could charge more, but then it was starting to get to the point that I was like, I don't think I want to do this. I am the type of person that I like to just check it off and be like one and done and move it out of my brain. But with social media or any kind of marketing, it's more long-term. Like you got to design the newsletters, you got to copy paste. And if you're doing actually copy for the client as well, that takes a lot of time. And I was just so like conditioned and love just being like, oh, you need this meeting set up? Okay, done, out of my mind. So then I started being like, okay, well, I should, now that I don't have to work full time, let me start going back to being an EAVA. So I told of quite a few clients I was pivoting my business and I was changing, which I, I was, and that 
I will try to find them a new VA. I was very much like, I wasn't like giving a notice. It was like, Hey, there's some changes. How much time do you need to feel comfortable with me transitioning? Do you need my help finding a VA? And I can train them. We can do a, make a manual. Like I made it as smooth as possible because I know that panic ensues when you tell a client that you're leaving. And unless you leave on really bad terms, most of the time it helps when you have like a backup plan in place to help them with the transition. So then I just started focusing on being an EAVA. I got a business coach and he really helped me with my pricing. Okay. I thought I was pricing myself well, but I was hitting a plateau where I couldn't make over this certain amount and I was raising my prices, but it wasn't much. Like, so I do a monthly retainer. So like when I'd have someone reach out to me, I'd be like, well, I'll just charge him a hundred dollars more than the current client I have. And he was like, no, you want to charge like a thousand dollars more. I was like, what? What? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. And I just started doing it. And then I started getting more EA clients and then they started recommending me. And then I've slowly niched down into a point where it's like, I'm working with like a lot of startups, not early startup phase. Like I want to say they've got their stuff down. They have a company. They're probably three or four years in, but I wouldn't say they're like corporation status. They're still a startup, but they have their systems in place. They have an HR person. They have a salesperson. They have all that stuff in place. And I come in and they want someone who's professional, who can write well, who makes it seem like they're in the office with them, who's a colleague. And I come in as an EA and that's how I help them out. So it's like a very specific market I'm almost in. Yeah. And I love this about you. Now tell everyone who's listening to this, who doesn't know what an EA, like, can you explain what that is like in person and maybe how that's different online or similar online? Sure. So an EA is an executive assistant. And basically if you're seeing the Devil Wears Prada, that is an extreme version of my role. Emily Blunt and Anne Hathaway were the EAs in that role for Miranda Priestly. If you haven't seen that movie, you basically, there's almost like two different types of EAs. There's an EA who works solely with the executive and C-level, or maybe even a team. They book their travel. They do meeting arrangements for them. They purchase stuff that they're looking for. They can help with personal tasks. And it's very much like almost a personal assistant, but you only use them for like the work that the company needs. And then there's another level where it's more strategic, where you are working with the C-level person or EVP and you might go into meetings, you might take notes, you might kind of guide, like do the phone calls for them or sit on the phone calls with them and even handle some phone calls, like the initial beginning part of not just like, hey, this is Kiri, office of so-and-so, how can I help you? Instead of just that, you end up having a whole conversation and guiding it and helping out the C-level in a more like cohesive teamwork almost. And that can be true in both as a VA and as a in-person in the office EA. The difference I think obviously is just like proximity. Like whenever I was working in an office, I was right outside the door. There was a lot more like interaction coming out saying, Hey, can you just do this? And you have to like scramble and write notes quickly. Cause then they would just like be on their way walking somewhere else. (laughs) And now it's like a lot more like email over the phone. But I think COVID has helped tremendously with my career because a lot of times it was like, how can you be an EAVA? It's just not possible. You can't do that remotely. Like we need you in person. Like this old school mentality that way back when EAs were secretaries and only answered phones and wrote notes. Now it's evolved, but it's like, how can you do that remotely? And it was like, they just couldn't understand that. But COVID has helped a lot because everyone's had to adapt and work from home. And the arguments I used to get two years ago, like, how can you do that from home? What if I need my mail or whatever? stuff that I was just like, what, really? We can figure something out. That's not a big deal is now like not even, you know, it's not even questioned. Yeah. People were forced to adapt and they see that it's a possibility now. And I remember you telling me that, that you did get pushed back in the beginning when you were trying to take the EA role virtually. And so it's so cool that this world has opened up to you. Cause like you can do everything. Like you said, you can do everything from your computer now. And it's probably actually nicer because you aren't right there (laughs) by their office door, you know, like everything's documented. It's probably a little more systematic instead of like scrambling to write. I like it a lot better. And like, I don't really miss the in-office interactions because it was a lot of interruptions. 
Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Like you're basically the gatekeeper to that person. Yeah. So people were always coming up and then they wanted to know what time does so-and-so have tomorrow? And you couldn't actually tell them if they had time because you didn't know if they actually wanted to talk to them. So it's a lot yeah. easier for you just like have an email and you're able to be like, oh, I can put that off for a little bit, forward it to them, see if they actually want to talk to this person instead of time. Yeah. Yeah. I could totally see that. Let me ask you this. I have a little techie question. How do you keep track of like your own task? If you have like multiple clients, like how are you keeping yourself organized? Like, how many clients do you have right now too? I guess that's a question as well. I have about, this is always a question. I actually don't like this question, but because <laughs> there's different levels, like I have different tiers yeah. of service. So yeah. I have right now seven clients. Okay. Which if you were an EA in an office and you had seven people, so you had to support, that would be a lot. Insane. Yeah. But what it is, is like, I'm still doing in one, one of my clients, it's not EA work. It's like data entry and uh, running reports and formatting reports and it's like no EA work at all. And so I can do it on my own time. Okay. And I can do like, I have like a five day turnaround time. I have other clients. I do a lot of operations management. So it's not any EA work. I don't. So it's like, that's why I would say like, oh, I have some clients. Like it's, they're not all on the same level of like meeting me available quite often. Yeah. Like, so I have EA clients. I want to say if I have four right now, um, which is about the limit. And I used to take on a lot more pre-COVID because these people would travel so much. So I'd be able to be like in the interview process, kind of figure out how many people travel, how much they travel. Cause when they were traveling and in meetings, they weren't communicating with me. If like all my clients were traveling on one week during the year, which happens sometimes, it was like I had a week off and nothing. I would catch up on a few things. It was dead and I loved it. But then COVID hit and all of a sudden these people were in front of their computer all the time, pivoting their business, trying to work things out, save their business. And I was slammed. I would say like March, April, May, June, July, August of 2020 was some of the busiest and most stressful time I'd ever had. And I realized I can't take on all these EA clients anymore because it's just too much when they're not traveling. They're always needing something. Well, thank you for sharing that. It gives us a good picture of like what to expect. And it's super important that you don't like overbook and overpromise because then your work gets bad. And so knowing kind of what your capacity is, is helpful. And I, I'm like you, I have clients with different levels. And if I had like 20 Pinterest clients, like I would shoot myself, like it's too hard, you know, like I need a little bit of the variety and tasks I can do. And my brain is in different spaces, you know, Mm -hmm. so It's not like I can do copywriting like 20 hours a day. Like I would be fried. So it's kind of cool that you can do that with your tasks too. And what I like is the way I set up my contracts is even if you're an EA client, like that turnaround time I was talking about. So this is, I think, important if you're thinking about being an EA VA is like a lot of clients will come to you and say they need an EA 40 hours a week, eight hours a day, because that is in their head. But I need someone who's constantly available, but you don't actually work all that eight hours during the day. Okay. And so what I try to tell clients, I say, well, you need to think about how fast of a turnaround time you want on responses. Like what is important to you? Is it important to you that I have your email on my phone? Is it important to you that I'm available after hours? Is it important that you can text me if something urgent comes up? And then that helps them reshape what they're thinking. So even though I have four EA clients, only two are on my highest level, which is like after hour support. So it's like 7 a.m. to 9 p.m. And I make sure I choose people who aren't going to use that every day because I, I like can sift those people out now. And I'm like, no, I, I mean, I offer it, but I don't want to actually have that for like so many yeah. clients, right? Yeah. Or even if they have it, I don't, I want it to be sporadic, maybe once or twice a month that they need that to be used. So it's like, I have an EA client right now who's on a 48 hour turnaround time. And I just say to her, I was like, I go in and check your email every day. If you don't want to pay me for the 24 hour turnaround time, you have to understand that you might have to handle things yourself if they come up and then they're okay with that. It's something that I think a lot of new VAs, or if you're from the EA profession, you think there's no way I can make it work as a VA is to just shift your thinking and when you need to be available and help shift the clients thinking in that too. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that. And that's such good advice for wherever you are on the journey, like having those boundaries and like being Mm -hmm. clear about that. Okay. Let's just take a moment here. It's impossible to get referrals without putting yourself out there all the time. It's really difficult to have a community when you're doing the work by yourself. 
It's also hard to stay up to date when you're just one person and digital marketing trends, platforms, technology, and strategies change all of the time. And it's no fun having to do lead generation for your business when you'd rather be doing billable hours. So I have a solution for you. Come join my digital marketing work group. It's a tight community of freelancers, virtual assistants, digital marketing specialists, who are all up-leveling in their skills, getting advanced trainings, applying for my job ops, and becoming digital marketing specialists and managers and strategists. This is an online referral community for both skilled and up-and-coming digital marketing service pros and virtual assistants. We've shared over 800 jobs with our community. We'd love to have you too. If you need client work, if you need a squad behind you, if you need help raising your prices, promoting yourself to the next level, this is the place to be. You can apply for the work group with the link in the show notes. We'd love to have you. Back to the show. So you must have different kinds of like packages. I'm imagining you don't do hourly, but like, what are your packages look like? Are you doing like containers or like someone starting out an idea of how you set that up? Well, this was a lot of trial and error (laughs) in the beginning. it. (laughs) It was a lot of throwing stuff at the wall, what works. What I did initially, so if we go back way back to 2014, is I offered a 30-day trial run where I actually tracked my hours. And during those first 30 days, we would see what kind of package would they land at? What kind of stuff did they need? And then at the end of 30 days, I'd be like, do you want to move forward? These are your package options. I don't do that anymore because I can generally gauge from the person that I talk to, the company. I I also have more than one call. In the beginning, I used to just have one call and then we'd like move forward or not. Now I have like three or four calls so I can really fill them out, make sure that they're the right type of people that I want to work with. Okay. And then from there I say, okay, it sounds like you're on this. And then I have like add-ons, right? So it's like my top tier is I tell them you want an EA like professional who's like working in an office with you almost, but remote obviously, and has that experience of the supporting C-levels. And like, I have that experience. I have that on my resume. Now that is X amount a month. It's the highest level, but you can add onto it. Do you want email my phone? Do you want the after hour support? Do you want travel support after hours as well? And then you're just going higher and higher and higher and higher when you're adding on all those things. And there are people who want that because they're like, it's still cheaper than, and depending on the market, right? Like, so you, you get an EA in New York city, you're looking at $150,000 a year, maybe probably Manhattan, Brooklyn, maybe you're looking at like 110, 100, 110 for an experienced EA. And so even with my add-ons, it's still cheaper or less expensive. So people are like, yes, I do want that. And I don't have to pay for your computer. I don't have to pay for your benefits. I don't have to pay for any of that stuff. And I also don't charge them when I go on vacation. Like I have holidays that are built in like every standard federal holidays, but I don't make people pay me when I'm on vacation. So that's like the highest level. And that's the 24 hour turnaround time. And the very base of the highest level is I'm going to be on your email pretty much all day. Not all day, but when I'm at my computer, which is a good six to eight hours. And then I have the middle package, which is kind of like a 48 hour turnaround time where it's like, all right, we can add on this other stuff if you want, but I won't add it on unless you go up to the highest level. So it's really just like, there's no email on my phone. The only add on is that, but it's 48 hour turnaround time. And then we go down to the lowest level, which is not even EA level anymore. It's just like the client I have with the data entry and the format and the operations management. That is like my lowest tier. Well, I'll just like kind of keep track of your subcontractors. I'll make sure invoices are paid. I'll make sure that everything's kind of flowing smoothly on the back end. Oh, I love that. Okay. So what has been maybe the hardest thing about your job? Like just to paint a like realistic picture for somebody. What's been the hardest thing about being an EA? VA? When everyone's panicking or like fire drills are hitting all the time and you have plans to go with your daughter somewhere, <laughs> like, like I sound like I'm working all the time, but I'm not. A lot of times I'm just like got my phone on me or like I might be on the computer, but like I do stuff obviously still with her and yeah. like she gets out of school at three. So from 3 p.m. onwards, I try not to work at all or like today she gets out at two. And that's the hardest because it's like when I have plans and you tell these people that, yeah, your email's on my phone, you can like text me if they have that kind of level of support, all of a sudden you need to be like, okay, well, I'm so sorry. I know I was supposed to do this unicorn thing with you today, but I actually have to go downstairs and handle this. Yeah. And I think that it's very rare that I've had to say, no, I can't do that for you because most of the time everything's on my phone. 
But the mom guilt is probably the hardest part. It's like, if like we're at a museum or we're somewhere and I'm all of a sudden on my phone doing a million things. And it's like, how do you explain to her? Like, I didn't mean to do this, but like, this is a contract I have and I have to do it. And it just happened to fall in this time. You know, it's, yeah. I think that's the hardest part because unlike the project work that a lot of VAs do or social media VAs, or the way you can schedule it at a different time and it doesn't matter. That's not the case because there will be a crisis. Yeah, there will. At least once a month. <laughs> Yeah. You know, that mom guilt is really interesting because, you know, we're doing this job so we can have that flexibility, but you know, my kids will see me working and they're like, man, you're always working. I'm like, well, I'm at home with you. (laughs) You know, (laughs) I can't be playing Legos and Minecraft all day guys, you know? So it's like keeping that perspective. Like I'm also super worried that I I don't want to look like I'm on my phone all the time, but yet that's part of my job. Yeah. (laughs) I always tell my daughter that this is fun for me. I'm like, you know how you like your Duplos or your plaid dress up with your costumes? Like, this is the same thing for me. This is fun. I know you don't understand, but for me, this is fun. And that's kind of helped her shift it. And then I don't feel as guilty anymore. Yeah. That's my mom advice. Tell them that what you're doing is a lot of fun. Yeah. It's fun and I'm getting paid. So I really like it. (laughs) Great. Let's talk about some of the things you've done to market yourself. And thank you for sharing your packages. I think that's like, I'm sure you see this in your experience, but like the biggest question I get from people is like, what's the price in packaging? And I love that you shared insight about that trial and error process of like, Mm -hmm. you know, once I think you get down the hourlies, like you can start to build those packages. So I think that was super helpful, but like, what have you done to market yourself as the EA? Like, let's talk about. Oh goodness. It's not as much anymore. So I'm kind of out of the loop. I feel like, because in the beginning it was very different. Like I said, there was no business Instagram. Instagram had just started and I was using a personal account that (laughs) for me, I left Facebook. So I haven't been on Facebook for a long time because I found that I, at least back then, right, it's changed now with a lot more Facebook groups. But back then I was connecting with VAs, but I wasn't finding my ideal client. A lot of clients who want an EAVA are not on Facebook. They're on LinkedIn. So I did almost all my marketing on LinkedIn and I would write blog posts to keep my website SEO fresh and so that I could copy and paste it, put it as an article on LinkedIn. So people could comment on it. I accepted every single person who wanted to connect with me because the more people who liked a post, the more reach it would have. So that's what I did in the beginning. I would cold reach out, which I know freaks people out, but I do my research. So I would like look at a company on LinkedIn or someone, or I do a search trying to find like co-founders or founders. Cause those are usually like startups or co-founders or founders. They're not CEOs. They don't have that title yet. Interesting. Yeah. And I go through, I'd find their website. I take a look, like, are they hiring people? Just cause if they're hiring, that means they probably have some kind of team and that's good for me. Cause they have stuff in place. They're not just totally new. And then I just cold reach out and say something about their webpage, say something about their business, show that it wasn't just Hey, I'm a virtual assistant and you can hire me for X amount of dollars per hour. Love to hear from you. Let me know if you have any work. I get those so often. And I'm like, are you serious? Like, how do you expect to get someone to actually engage with you? And so I would spend so much time crafting that and I would even do emails. So I have a client right now. I've worked with him. He's in Brooklyn. Seven years, almost seven and a half years. I got him from a cold DM on Twitter. I slid into his DMs. I had read an article by him on entrepreneur, went and looked him up, saw his website, saw his company. And I was like, this is someone that I think I could work with. Just went in and I said, Hey, I loved your article on entrepreneur.com that said X, Y, Z. I don't even remember what it was I liked, but I was like, I thought that was really important. I think you're like spreading good news with that. I'm a virtual assistant. If you ever need support, just let me know. Didn't list pricing, did anything like that. It was just like, Hey, I liked what you did. Here's what I do. And he was like, actually, yes, I'd love to talk. And I got a lot of that in the beginning. And now did everyone pan out? No, no, definitely not. Because even when my prices were lower than they are now, they were still high for a VA. Because people were like, a VA though, that's like 15 to $20 an hour, right? And it's like, oh, no, not me. Yeah. And it took a long time, I think, for me to kind of work my pitch, work my call, work it to the point that I was like, this is why I'd be a benefit even at this price point. A lot of cold DMs and I still do that for my new business because it's just like, you never know when you're just going to hit that person at the right time, but just make sure that it's personal. So I could be spending like an hour doing this and only send three to four DMs 
And I've used systems before where I was churning out DMs and it didn't get me anything. It didn't get me. But once I started honing in, researching these people and trying to help them, like one person, I was like, hey, just so you know, your website has a typo. Hope you don't mind me saying that. I hope I'm not overstepping. And then when she said, thank you, I was like, well, as a VA, it's something that I do. You know, I help people like proofread. I help them format. And she didn't need a VA, but she was like, she remembered it. And she actually put me in touch with someone a year later because. Oh, good. Yeah. So it's like, you don't think it's working or you might not like get that client. Like I had a client once where I had a great conversation. It was in 2017. I was like, yes, I nailed it. I'm totally getting this client. Nope. Didn't get it. But he came back two and a half years later and said, I need a VA in like end of 2019. So I was like, okay, you never know. You never know. And so you just got to keep being positive and pushing yourself out there. And now, so that was like back in 2014. Now I'm doing more marketing on Instagram. Yeah. But that's mostly to connect with VAs and to network with VAs. A lot of my ideal clients are still not on Instagram. It's still LinkedIn. Okay. So my LinkedIn is going to start ramping up again as I try to promote this new business and it's going to start having like articles and I'm going to do some more newsletter marketing, but I'm keeping my Instagram going because I like being like, we connected on Instagram. I like having a VA network, which in the beginning of my career, I didn't think was important, but now I'm seeing it's super important for things like maternity leave when you need to find someone or even just in general, when someone reaches out and says, Hey, I need someone who can do accounting or QuickBooks. And I've actually reached out to people on Instagram, VAs saying like, Hey, do you have availability for another client? I have someone looking for this. And it's been such a good resource. So like now I would just definitely say Instagram, but then LinkedIn for like clients for mine. Okay. Instagram for networking. I'm glad you brought up the networking thing because I think new people don't really understand the power of people who know you and know what you do. And sometimes Instagram is more of a like a peer network and I have worked my tail off. I might not have the students vertically I want in my courses, but I have worked so hard to network laterally that I have people referring me all the time. And that is why I have posted over 900 jobs over in my membership. Like that part of my business is like come super easy to me. Now I just need more students and that's like a marketing problem. But I think that power, like it it might not seem like it's worth your time because they're not immediately going to work with you and hire you, but like you Mm -hmm. never know. And you need people in your world who are EAs. And now like my people know about you if their clients need help or their clients' friends needs help because it's so like related and like, it is like the real world. Like you don't get a job without people knowing you. It's just how it is, even in the online space. So what are you going to do with like your maternity leave? Like, how are you going to balance that and your client? Uh, Well, (laughs) so I like kind of launched my new, well, I did launch my new business this week on Instagram, just letting people know what it is. I'm going to start looking for clients, kind of set the foundation on maternity leave with my VA because I have two VAs, but one of them is going to kind of help me with that. And once I come back, I can start ramping that up more. What am I actually going to do? So last time I took six weeks off, that was not a good idea. I didn't like that. <laughs> I mean, well, cause like I wasn't getting paid and I asked all my clients, if they want backup and only two of them said they wanted backup. So I was getting a very small amount when I was in the last one. This time though, my prices are higher. I have more clients who want backup support. So I was able to finagle. It's actually really stressful right now. because right now is the training month because I'm due in about a month. Yeah. And so now I'm like meeting every day with a VA, training them on my client, writing up documents and manuals, which honestly I should have had. I have, like, I'm looking right now, like very basic stuff. But then when you're like, oh my God, I've got to actually have someone take over for me. Yeah. Like this needs to be way more robust. So every morning I'm spending time on one client for an hour, just working on a document, I'm training people. So this time I have only two clients who don't want to have backup support. So I'm going to get a bigger cut this time around, which is okay. nice. I'll actually be getting paid. Massachusetts does have a, for self-employed, a, like you can get paid your full salary for about like, I think I want to say 10 to 12 weeks, but it's almost like insurance where you have to be paying into it for like months. And then it's like, even if you don't, so they understand you might get pregnant unexpectedly. So then they're like, okay, well, at least six months before you're due, you need to sign up for this and pay a monthly fee that is taken from the percentage of what you make, but then you're obligated to pay them for three years after the baby is born. And I was looking at, I was running the numbers. I was like, this is like, 
not going to make sense. It's so much easier just to hire subcontractors and take a cut. I think I'll be making more than having to pay the state yeah. every month for like three years. <laughs> You're like, that's like a car payment, you know? I was like, I mean, I'm glad they're like coming around to the 21st century and they're offering this to self-employed people. But at the same time, it's like, not for me. Not for oh, me. interesting. So yeah, I'm going to, I'm planning on taking three months this time. I would like to take three months. Okay. And be, I mean, I know people are still going to be emailing me and asking questions, but I'd like to have that three months to really get in a groove with the baby. Cause I feel like six weeks nap times still weren't consistent. So when I was trying to schedule calls, it was still kind of off. And like, I couldn't put her in daycare until three months. I need the time, at least a few days to work completely and not have a baby around, even with naps. So what I did last time, she was in daycare once a week and she was in with my mom. Yeah. With my mom once a week, this time I wanted to do daycare two days a week and my mom like more flexible, depending on, on what's going on. Okay. So that's a little different too, because this time it's like, well, I have two kids, even though she's in school, I got to pick her up from school. What if she's homesick? I would rather have three days where I feel like he's not going to be there, but we'll see because all daycares are full. So I don't know what's going to happen. Oh my God. That's what I love about our job, right? It's like, I can figure it out. If I need to let go of clients or like keep these subcontractors on longer because daycares aren't accepting him, then fine. Like I have the flexibility to figure that out. I'm not really on a crunch where I'm like, okay, May 1st is the day I have to go back to work and I have to be out of the house. It's not like that. So it's like, I love having that ability to be like, okay, this is kind of scary that all the daycare places are full. The unknown. But hopefully something will open. And if not, I have the flexibility in my role and my job to figure out who I can let go of, who's the most work and then build it up later when he's older. Yeah. And the good news is if you are setting up those systems right now, the steps to prepare yourself as an agency, like a micro agency, like you said, so that's key. So this kind of brings me into my next big question about like, tell us about your new business and what's going on. Yes. So my new business is Source Your Systems and it's, I get a lot of requests or did from people saying, oh, I need this and that and a VA. And it was like more operational. And I would say, you know, you don't need a VA. Why don't you start with implementing these systems? And I would research systems for them. I would like kind of present it, be like, these are like options. This is what I would recommend. Where do you see yourself growing? Is it only you? How much revenue do you have? And I was asking all these questions and then helping them find like systems that could work for them. And even doing demos, like on the side, watching demos, they, they didn't have to watch them. And I was like, you know, I could turn this into a whole company instead of just me doing this. Cause then I would like to be like, bye-bye, have fun. Like, and then that was it. So I decided instead to take that initial idea of what I was doing of like the research and the like systems, but then expand it and have VAs or people who are really good at these apps and systems do a demo for the client. So it's, it's tiered again, but it's basically first tier is like, what I was doing. Like they come to me, we have a consultation call. That's about 30 minutes to an hour. Where are you going? What's your business like now? What ideally would you like to see? How much time do you want to save, et cetera? I do the research, I present it to them. And then we do a follow-up call. And then the second tier is if they say, oh my God, you know what? I like QuickBooks. I like Dubsado and I like Constant Contact. Right. Let's just say. Yeah. And then they would be able to set up three what I call honest demos with VA tech experts or automation experts. I send the VA notes saying like, this is what they're looking for. And so they're able to like perfectly craft this demo for the client saying, this is what you want. I think it's a good system for you. I think maybe you should look at a different one. It doesn't have everything you need. And maybe they want free versus paid or, you know, all this stuff that they can get in an hour demo from the VA. And then the third tier is if they want the VAs to actually implement it. Okay. So it's like, those are the people who want like Dubsado. Honeybook. They want to have this automation set up, or maybe maybe even like constant contact. Maybe they're in Mailchimp and they want to have all their contacts going to constant contact and have all the newsletters set up there. That's going to be the highest price when you want to have someone do all that stuff for you. So those are like the three tiers. And so it's interesting because it's like I know a lot about systems, but actually working in them, I don't know as much as you'd think. Yeah. So that's why I'm like hiring it out to people who are like, this is their jam. They know it back to front. It's like, I feel like I know surface level and I've often jumped into a company where it's already set up and I learn it, but I don't know like back to front. 
Yeah. So this is like where I want to hire people and be like, this is, I have a whole web page set up. There's like private pages and invisible pages where I can put like the VAs or automation experts in there that are like pictures and you can schedule with them. And it's going to be a very, or it is a very robust company. Yeah. Um, and I have people already interested VAs I've been interviewing. So I'm like ready to hit go. Yes. I just need to have the baby. <laughs> I love, I love this so much because, you know, I've worked with probably, I lost count after 90, but like 90 different clients, like in different kind of capacities. And so like, I've had my hands on lots of systems. I am not the Dubsado honey book type person. Like I, I never use those in my business and now I'm in QuickBooks. So it's like, okay. But when it comes to like email service providers and like mm-hmm. websites and all of that, and I get those questions all the time. And that is not a service I provide like this over, like, you know, they need to like look at the good and the bad. And like, if you do any kind of, you know, Google search, you're getting all of these pay to play affiliate blogs. Like you're not getting true, honest feedback from like experts who are in it. So that's why when you first told me about this business, I was like, this is super exciting because. And like a lot of times clients, these clients that reach out to me. They don't want to watch a YouTube tutorial that's oh, an hour and a yeah. half long. They don't want to reach out to the company because then they're going to be hounded and they're going to try to sell them this. Like, I want to make this very much like objective. Like yes. you watch the honest demo and you might say, eh, actually, no, I don't want constant contact. I'd rather have convert yeah. kit or whatever, you know, like, yeah. like, so it's set up like a personalized experience. So you know what you're getting into and you know, exactly. And it's for the client that. The entrepreneur who really just doesn't want to waste time. Yes. They want to have someone else do this for them, do the research and trust them that they know what they're going to get. Yeah. That's my kind of like client, by the way. I like those fast paced, like quick decision makers. Like I have the most success with them and they trust, they trust the opinion of someone who's done it. So mm-hmm. I love that. If you need somebody for active campaign. <laughs> okay. Okay, cool. I'll keep you in mind. one I'm like loving right now. I just switched everything over to active campaign and I've used uh, like the spectrum, but I totally get it. And like, sometimes you have to figure out and do the deep work. Like, what do I really need in my business? What am I willing to compromise mm-hmm. on? And like the business owners aren't always thinking about that. And so you have to like, Right. Track that so that's like the, that's what this company is, is like dig out. And that's what my consultation call is going to be. And then like yeah. the tech VA is also going to kind of dig that out and be like, well, you say you want this, but do you really want this? Yeah. Could you be happy? Like, like, it's like, you know, like any show on HGTV where they're like, here's everything I need. Here's my essentials. And then property brothers take them to their house with essentials. It's like, yeah, this is what you can get for $2 million. And they're like, okay, maybe I should pare down my list yeah. to see what's a dream yeah. of what's required. And that's a good question too. Like what is the best value? Like from where I'm at in my business. And like, I have like tech I advise for that because not everybody needs to start with Kajabi. You know, it's expensive. Right. And it's difficult uh, for people. I do want to expand and like eventually bring it to a point where they can hire the VAs who or whoever they are. So it doesn't have to be a VA, but, or the automation specialist to work. Cause then, cause I know there's going to be clients who are like, once they get through the process, they're going to be like, actually, I don't want to manage this. I love that I have it, but I don't want to manage it. Yeah. Who can manage it for me? I totally see that for you, like your, yeah. your own phase two, having that directory. Because you know, in that in this space, like that is how I've been able to build this business is people need to hire mm-hmm. the right person to help with the job. So once you get that going, so that's called Source Your Systems and you have a brand mm-hmm. new website, sourceyoursystems.com. Now tell mm-hmm. everybody like where we can connect with you and follow you. So I would say LinkedIn for sure. And also Instagram. So Instagram, I'm at virtually Kiri. So K-I-R-I, like Siri, the iPhone app, but instead Kiri, K-I-R-I, virtually Kiri, Instagram. You can DM me there. You can follow me. You can find me. Soon going to be probably all baby pictures. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) And then on LinkedIn, you can find me Kiri Mohan or Kiri virtual assistant. And I'll pop up. Okay. So that's the two main places I would definitely find me. And then obviously my web pages. Uh, my EA VA webpage is dependableva.com. Source your systems is sourceyoursystems.com. Okay. This is so awesome. Thank you for sharing like your journey, your tips, no and everything. I know it's so helpful to people who are like thinking about starting online or already doing the work and having the doubt when it comes to it. So like hearing somebody who's doing it successful is just awesome. Do you have any like parting words of wisdom for anybody who's thinking about jumping into the virtual world? Yeah, two things. 
one would definitely be just do it. Be in action, not in motion, right? I read this in a business book the other day where in motion is like you're doing all the research, you're setting things up, you're trying to make sure everything's perfect. And so it's helpful, but you're not in action. So make sure you don't just stay in motion, be in action where you're actually reaching out to people. You're trying to get yourself out there and you're going past the whole, oh, well, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can launch this. So be in action. And then my second one would be follow your gut. If you don't think they're going to be a good client, they're not going to be a good client. <laughs> like I've screwed myself over a lot. And I, and I just, I made a mistake in 2020, just recently taking on a client because he could pay me a lot. And I was miserable. I was miserable for six months. And I was like, thank God my contract's ending. And then that made me rethink my contract. Like six months is too long. I went back to doing the trial run, which I hadn't done before. Then I do a three month and then I moved to a six month. So it's like, I made that mistake just recently, 2020. So girl, I follow your gut all the time like that. <laughs> See, I'm going to have you back for like a best of advice because I think we learned so much from that. I'm like, you like, ah, I would have so much like, fun. That's like a whole the horror stories I've been through because I think I just throw stuff at the walls and just see what works and just do whatever yeah. means I also have a lot of stories yeah. of what and not to do. Sometimes you learn more in those moments too. Yeah. So yeah. anyway, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you over Thank on Instagram. You. All right. Bye. Bye. All right. I hope you enjoyed this interview with Kiri. I encourage you to connect with her over on Instagram at virtually Kiri. I think her source your systems is going to be amazing. I would encourage you if you have some of those technical skills to reach out to her too. I don't know if she'll want me saying that, but it's all about the network, like I said. If you enjoyed this episode, I encourage you to hop over in my Facebook group where we do Facebook Lives with other freelancers and it's more interactive. We also have trainings over there, job postings, and other goodies. So you can find that link in the show notes. All right, next week, we are getting into money mindset. This is gonna be a really good episode for those of you because I know you're in this space because you do want to make money. You want to live life on your own terms, but you also want to get paid well for it so you can go after your passions and live a full life. So next week, we are talking all about money. It's going to be a really good episode. I can't wait to have you listen. I'll see you next week. If you want to start earning income as a digital marketing service provider or digital marketing assistant, you only need your laptop. You can tap into what online business owners really need help with by downloading my top 10 most requested tasks. These are the services I did for years for my clients behind the scenes. You can take this download and apply it to your own business and start by offering these very same services. If you want to niche down in digital marketing, this is your guide. Just use the link in the show notes or go to emilyreaganpr.com slash services. And helping out the C-level in a more intimate manner. Bad word, maybe. <laughs>